You're listening to the Baseball Prospect Journal Podcast. Here is your host, Dan Zielinski. Welcome back to another edition of the Baseball Prospect Journal Podcast. I'm Dan Zielinski, founder and national writer at BaseballProspectJournal.com. You can find all of my draft coverage, all my baseball content at BaseballProspectJournal.com. You can also find me on Twitter at DanZielinski3 and at the BP Journal. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. I am excited for it. In today's episode, I sat down with Vinny Rotino, a Wisconsin native who played in the major leagues and now post-playing days is kind of on the other side of it. He's in media and he's in scouting. He currently works for Prep Baseball Report as a Wisconsin scouting director, and he's also on Bally Sports as a broadcaster and as an analyst for the Milwaukee Brewers. Vinny is really well connected in the state of Wisconsin when it comes to high school guys and obviously very familiar and really knows the Brewers too. So I thought there would be no better person to get on to talk about some of these top high school players in the state of Wisconsin who have a chance to get drafted either this year or in the next coming years or will be playing at Power 5 programs just to get his thoughts on who these guys are and what makes them so special. We also talk about Wisconsin's rise of baseball talent in general, get his thoughts on why he thinks that is. We talk about the Brewers. Have they hit rock bottom yet? Can Christian Yelich ever return to MVP form? And what would define a successful season for the Milwaukee Brewers? Now let's get to it. Here is my conversation with Vinny Rotino. Joining me now on the Baseball Prospect Journal podcast is former MLB player and current prep baseball report, Wisconsin scouting director and Bally sports analyst, Vinny Rotino. Vinny, great to speak with you. How are you? Dan, great to be here. I'm great. Um, Yeah, how are you doing? I'm doing well. It's good to talk with you. Good to talk some Wisconsin high school baseball players and also some brewers too. So first off, starting with Wisconsin high school baseball, I'm from the state, you're from the state, and it seems like over the last 10 or so years, this talent for baseball in this state has really exploded. What do you feel like has led to this rise of talent? Well, first and foremost, let's just, you know, just get it out of the way. The fact that like there has always been elite, certainly plus athletes to elite athletes in the state of Wisconsin. There's whether or not they're baseball players, football, basketball, um, there have all, they have always been here and, and uh, they will continue to be here clearly. Um, but the reason why I think there's been a big boom in terms of prospects and division one talent going to division one schools and finding good fits is because of a couple of reasons because of the boom in indoor facilities has been quite that it's been a boom. I mean, I think there's five just in the Southeastern Wisconsin area. And then you're talking about a couple up in the Fox Valley area and you know, they're all over the state. There's, there's one in Eau Claire that just popped up. There's another one co- going in the Hudson area that's um, popping up. So, I mean, these indoor facilities are all over the place. And so now the playing field between the Southern and warm state player is now been evened out a little bit just because now the Wisconsin player, the cold weather state player can train year round. Even if they are playing multiple sports, they're still getting in the cage. They're still getting live pitching. Um, and so I think that that's, that's the main 
difference. And then the other main difference, and it might be even more important, I got to be honest with you, Dan, is the fact that PBR is around. PBR and Sean Duncan has created this massive company. It's a great resource. It's a great company in general, but it's a great resource for college coaches to be able to not have to go to Wisconsin where it might be snowing in March to watch uh, players play. And they, they can they can trust our rankings. We have really capable talent evaluators in every single state. And so that goes that 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 goes for Wisconsin as well. So they can they can see, you know, who's ranked where and who's uncommitted. And then they can look at profiles on video without again having to travel to, you know, the middle of Wisconsin in the middle of March where it might be snowing. So um I think those are the main, the two main reasons, the indoor facilities. And then I, I think PBR has really done a, a great job with, you know, marketing players in, in these cold weather states. No, I totally agree with you about the facilities and prep baseball report. You guys have, you guys have guys everywhere around the country. It seems like you guys are always having events and stuff like that. And even the super 60 in February is always a great time getting to see some of those guys in February. So no, I totally agree. It's, it's great to see Wisconsin high school guys finally kind of getting recognized in the attention they deserve. You mentioned something there that I wanted to pick your brain about multi-sport athlete. We've seen a trend in the last few years of all athletes, whether that's baseball or other sports kind of specializing more these days. What do you think about specialization versus multi-sport athletes? No, I think, um, I, I, that's that's a tough question because I do I do know that some athletes benefit from specializing in just baseball or just whatever other sport they they're playing just because you know, at the end of the day like some athletes aren't as ne- aren't necessarily as gifted and they might need to dedicate themselves like to a level where other athletes are able to dedicate themselves less to that specific sport in terms of skill acquisition and like gaining skills to, to, to hit. And and certainly on defense, I think you see that a lot with certainly with middle infielders. Like if there's a player that's might not necessarily have the natural, like, um, low and the natural actions to how they feel the ground ball. Some do, some are born with that. I was not, I needed to work my, my tail off in order to get to a, a serviceable level to play it at, at a pro at a pro level. Um, so I think it's case by case, to be honest with you, Dan, I, I, cause there is a lot of backlash against kids specializing. I get it. Like, you know, I do think in in a lot of cases that even in the cases I just mentioned, I do think that there are some negatives to that, right? Because I think injuries for one, I think everything being, I think, I think, I think you're going to, you have a more, you have a tendency probably to get injured, especially as a pitcher. Um, if you're only specializing in pitching and you're not playing basketball and you're not playing football, I, I just think that the, Athletes learn how to play through a little minor ache and pain or or learn how to roll that ankle w- when you're going up for a catch in football or, or going up for a rebound in basketball and roll with the ankle. And you know what I mean? Like, I think there's certain skills that you don't learn that other multi-sport athletes or kids that have played multi-sports have learned to keep them healthy and keep them on the field. Um, the other thing is, you know, burnout. 
you know, I, I do think that that's real for sure. I mean, I had a passion and I still do for the game of baseball. And that's the only reason why I made it as far as I did is because I loved it probably more than all of my peers. I, I, I was, I wanted to practice and I wanted to practice some more after I was done with practice. And so, but some kids, if they're specializing and their only goal is to play division one baseball and they're specializing in it and, and, and working their tail off just to achieve that. And it's not for the reason that they love the game that much, then I think that they're, they will burn out. And then what if they don't, achieve that goal or what if they get to that goal and sit on the bench for four years at a division one school, that's not a good, you know, that that's not the right fit either. And I think that that would have probably been a, a decision that could have made been made with a little more wisdom behind it. If there was a multi-sport athlete or, you know, the only goal was it to just achieve that division one scholarship. So I think, I think there's a lot to it, Dan. It's a great question. I do think um, that, I think athletes probably would benefit from from playing multi sports. However, in those special cases, I think, or in those you know maybe smaller minority of cases, I think it's it's fine, especially if a kid loves it that much. Definitely, no, I agree. Talking about some potential Division One athletes or guys that have Division One commitments and could end up there in the fall, the twenty twenty three Wisconsin high school class has two guys at the top in. Waterford right-handed pitcher Dylan Kustad and Deerfield middle infielder Cal Fisher. Both guys are really good. Both guys are getting looks for the draft. They're both power five major D1 commits. Talking about first Dylan Kustad, Gatorade player of the year for baseball in the state this year and a guy that I really like. He's got a big fastball, mid-90s, and has some movement on that. Mixes in his slider curveball too. Also just strong, athletic, and competitive on the mound. Dylan Kustad, what do you like about him on the mound? Yeah. So, well, first of all, I saw him last year at sectionals and uh, he was pitching against Franklin at Franklin. Uh, and I guess it, it was, it was the best arm, best pure stuff I had ever seen in the state of Wisconsin in at the high school level. I, I mean, it was 94, 96, it was a hammer curveball. He had a slider. He had a changeup. He had all the weapons, uh, and it was real. Like this is this was a real high school player from Wisconsin with real stuff, and it, it was uh, it was impressive. It was just really really impressive. The mechanics were clean. The mechanics were repeatable, um, and uh, strong. I mean, we're we're talking about a, a well built individual here uh you know he's you know thick throughout um his proportions were were you know he had the athletic frame and look to to what he was doing i mean just an extremely quick arm um and i had not seen him in the past and i've heard and i heard that he cleaned up his mechanics quite a bit actually so he, he smoothed them out uh and, and it, it looked it looked definitely real and he's he's headed off to Arkansas and he's going to make an impact there and uh, I mean he could certainly he could certainly get picked as well right I mean um, he's again the, the stuff was just off the charts and in terms of just hit for his age I mean he was a junior in high school for crying out loud and the stuff has continued to to you know look the same and even you know tick up a little bit as well so he had a uh, a really good showing last fall as well. So, I mean, he, he could definitely get some looks in terms of the draft. Um, but uh, it, again, 
the best stuff in the state of Wisconsin in high school that I've ever seen. Wisconsin, I think what's interesting about Qstad too, as you mentioned the draft, and he does have a chance to get drafted. And Wisconsin hasn't had a prep pitcher drafted in the top five rounds since Oak Creek left-handed pitcher Tony Butler in 2006. So it's been a while. And Wisconsin, I mean, the state's produced some quality arms throughout the years. But like you said, Qstad seems to be kind of toward that top of that list. What do you think he needs to improve on to really be and solidify himself as either a premium SEC arm or a guy who can jump into pro ball this summer and have some success. I mean, with any high school kid, you're looking, you're typically, especially when you look at these kids on video or see them live that are top high school arms in the draft, especially right-handers. It just seems like, you know, they can all improve on pitchability, the ability to command and sequence their stuff, but that just comes with experience, I mean, you're you're gonna you you could probably count on one hand guys that have the the total full package out of high school at age 18 that can step into pro ball and all of a sudden just start pitching and, and mowing down lineups, right? I mean, um, they're just the pitchability. I, I think um, that's gonna be his next step, and I think he's as he's a good enough athlete. He repeats his delivery enough that he will be able to do so, and uh, so I think that that is going to be um, uh, because that is the, 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 the demographic that is the most hard. That's the the most risky to predict out of the draft, right? High school and especially right-handers. So, and I think that that's what they're pretty much all missing. And again, I, I blanked on the, on his name, but that uh, Zach Granke out of the draft in 2002, I believe it was 2002 would be a name that, that, definitely was able to do that definitely I was talking to Jacob Turner the former major league pitcher a few months ago I think and he is a guy who signed out of high school had a huge signing bonus I want to say top 10 pick and I asked him the question and I'm going to ask it to you too what do you recommend to high school guys who are deciding between pro ball out of high school or going the college route um man I would say, again, it's all individual, but I would sure. say it depends on the maturity level of the of the, the kid. And it depends on the confidence level of the, of the kid. Now, very few 18-year-olds are going to be mature enough and have a sense of like who they are as an adult uh, to be able to navigate the world of professional baseball. And especially as a pitcher, it, I mean, you get your teeth kicked in as a pitcher, right? You can do everything right. It's the only thing in sports, in my opinion, that you can do everything right and still get a ball smashed off the wall for a home run or off the scoreboard for a home run, right? You can hit your spot, perfect spot. You could even set up the guy the right way with fastball up and in, perfect fastball up and in, perfect 0-2. He fouled both those pitches off. Perfect slider down away home run off the scoreboard. Like that is like, I don't even understand because I never pitched. I never un understood how guys can bounce back from that without being, you have to have such a, a, a deep like level of maturity in my opinion, to be able to succeed guys that are 10 year big leaguers still struggle with that same exact scenario that I'm talking about. So for an 18 year old kid to learn how to do that, very difficult I think that I think the there's some exceptions that can figure that out. I also think it depends on the organization and how well they handle pitchers and how they handle 
and, and bring along guys? And do they have resources available to help guys kind of develop on that, on that path? But I do think there has to be some level of like pretty strong and mature adult person in there in order to succeed. So I, if not, then I would suggest to go to college. Wisconsin too has really been known in the last few years, ever since Gavin locks to produce quality middle infielders, Wisconsin's got a couple, whether it's this year or next year. First guy I want to ask you about is Cal Fisher, middle infielder, plays shortstop in high school. Really, I really like his hit tool a lot. He's a guy that produced on the showcase circuit last year, and hit tool really kind of stands out to me when looking at his skill set. What are your thoughts on Cal Fisher? I I totally agree with you, Dan. The the bat really stands out. Just the way that he carries himself in the box is impressive. It's a very handsy swing. It's short. It's quick. It's repeatable. It's simple. He can see breaking balls. He has a very good feel for the strike zone. He can adjust. Um, so those are typically the players that have a lot of success, not only at the college level, even at a big time program, but at the at the next level, at the at the pro level. Those are the guys that are coveted by major league teams at this point that, again, control the zone, don't strike out, don't swing and miss with a simple approach, but just has a tremendous feel for the barrel. I think that's Cal Fisher. I I, I really do. Now, you know, does he have the jump off the page tools in terms of, you know, you know, the run tool or his arm? No, but I think that there's a very serviceable uh, second baseman in there and maybe even a third baseman. Uh, at the end of the day, um, I think keep him at shortstop as, as long as possible. I mean, Mark Loretta played shortstop and he was a darn good one, right? He made a lot of a lot. He made the routine plays. I think maybe just in terms of range, he might be lacking just a little bit uh, to stick there and maybe just a little bit of arm strength, but you never know how he's going to develop in, in college. Um, maybe he gets a chance and a look out of the draft. I'm guessing no, but you never know. You really d- never do know. I mean, especially some teams with their model can figure it out and, and, and take a, take a, take a pick like Cal Fisher. Um, so we'll see how that all plays out come draft. But uh, I, I really, I, I agree with you, Dan, that hit tool is, is impressive and it stands out. Yeah. And if, if a guy can hit, a team is going to find a spot for you defensively. So I agree with your defensive assessment too. But like you said, offensive tools really stand out. Another shortstop that stands out to me that I've been high on for the last couple of years, and it's really easy, I guess, to be high on him, is J.D. Dix, the shortstop from Whitefish Bay. He's in the 2024 class. Guy who's a switch hitter. I like him a little bit better from the left side, but guy who hits line drives, simple swing, simple mechanics. And defensively, I like his ability to move from side to side, his arm strength. What can you tell us about J.D. Dix and how you view him as a prospect going into next year? Yeah, I mean, talk about a draftable player. I mean, tools off the charts, right? I mean, you just look at the body and it's uh, it's an imposing type of a frame, but it, it's long, it's lean. There's room for for growth there. I mean, 6'2", he's listed at. I mean, he almost seems 6'3", or 6'4", uh, you know, 180 pounds. He, he's uh, He's got the, the prototypical major league type look to the body with the slope shoulders and the high waist and, and the, the levers and, and more room to add all everything you would dream on. It's a premium body. And then he's a switch hitter with, like you said, Dan, it's a short, simple, compact approach to everything. Um, 
you know, and that's kind of what the, you know, the Racine hitters breed is that short, simple, like handsy top down type swing. So he is, um, he, he can certainly hit and he can do everything on the field. I mean, it's a he runs, he has a six, six, one sixty in the books with us. Um, you know, and, uh, there's a shortstop in there, in my opinion, for sure. So uh, he hits the ball hard. He impacts the baseball. He can drive the ball par- ball out of uh, all parts of the ballpark. So Alabama's getting a, a good one. Uh, good chance he doesn't end up there, right? So he's sixth-ranked high school player in the country right now for for uh, PBR nationally for the class of 2024. So we're excited to see him at the uh, All-American game coming up here in September. One guy I really like in the state of Wisconsin, he's a rising prospect, and that's Hartford catcher, right-handed pitcher, Carter Cutts. He's a guy who hit for the cycle in Hartford's loss in the state tournament. Even dating back to last year when I first saw him, I've really liked him. I think he's a guy that's athletic. He looks good at catcher. He looks good on the mound. He can hit. He has room to add strength to his frame. And velocity-wise on the mound, he's already throwing high 80s, so there's definitely more in the tank there. So there's a lot to like. I'm leaning a little bit towards him being more a guy who's on the mound long-term, but we will see with time. He's someone though, I think that has a bright future ahead. You have to think he's only going to get better as well. I would assume. Yeah, he is a, a toolsy um, two-way guy. It, I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head, kind of describing who he is. I mean, he's got a great arm, uh, he can really turn the ball around behind the plate. I think there's some work left to be done behind the plate, but w- what high school catcher doesn't have that? Uh, so we'll see how it all plays out for him as a, on the position player side of things. I mean, there's some ba- there's bat speed there. There's ability to leverage the ball and, and hit the ball to all fields uh, and really uh, do damage there. Um, he's continuing to develop and learn as a hitter. So, but I, I tend to agree and lean a little bit more towards the, the pitcher side of things. I mean, it's a great arm with uh, good secondary stuff, wipeout type stuff. So, um, and, and you know, like you said, on the body and the ability to to fill out, and it's it's a premium body as well. So, uh, and athletic. So, he's uh, an exciting two way athlete for uh, you know, and he's a top ranked guy in the class of twenty twenty five. So we are. Yeah, we're definitely excited about him showing up at the uh, All-American game as well. Definitely, and I'm I'm excited to see kind of what kind of jump he can make from sophomore to junior year. His fastball velocity has already been high 80s, so with his kind of frame, you would expect him to add more strength, and that's only going to lead to more velocity, clean, clean operation too. So, yeah, definitely excited to see Kutz and his development. Want to get your thoughts too now on the Brewers. Obviously, work at Bally Sports. You're around this team every day. Definitely have some great insight. Also former Brewer as well. Brewers recently, they got off to the hot start to begin the season and now lately have struggled Getting swept by the Oakland Athletics was kind of the the highlight of these struggles, if you even want to call it a highlight, I guess. Probably not. But yep. Athletics, on pace to maybe be one of the worst teams in baseball history. Brewers are struggling. They're struggling with injuries. They're struggling offensively. I'm going to just ask it. Have the Brewers hit rock bottom? <laughs> I mean, they could – there's one of two ways that they could go at this point. They could, there's still a low, I mean, knock on wood, like they are starting to get healthy. Right. So um, as long as they trend 
I'm talking about their arms, right, as well. So uh, as long as they continue along that trend in terms of getting guys back on the mound, Wade Miley was a huge loss for them for the last month. Brandon Woodruff, you're talking about Brandon Woodruff being, I mean, is he the leader of that pitching staff? I mean, you're splitting hairs between Woodruff and Burns, and I know Peralta has been kind of up and down surprisingly this year for me, but um, I think eventually he is going to figure it out this year and be very consistent and rattle off a bunch of really quality outings in a row. So, I mean, you're talking about three ace type arms and you lose one in Brandon Woodruff early on in the season. And that was a big blow. So as long as they continue to trend towards getting healthier, I think they, that this, this is rock bottom and they will, you know, they're only looking up from here. I mean, 11 wins in May was, was pretty low. And then we saw that they, you know, they won three out of four from Cincinnati. And then they took two out of three from the Baltimore Orioles who are playing in probably one of the toughest divisions in the history of the game. Right. I mean, just in terms of how good these teams are in the uh, AL East and it took two out of three from the 41 and 24 Baltimore Orioles and almost swept them. So then they go ahead and lose to the Oakland A's. Now, the Oakland A's didn't look like an historically bad team to me. I mean, J.P. Sears has rattled off six really good outings in a row. And and um, uh, the guy who pitched the day before uh, the righty, uh, Blackburn, Paul Blackburn, he looks like a, a decent number five starter for you know, a, a good team. So, I mean, they, they ran into a couple of arms that really shut them down, but they got a hit, right? I mean, let's not sugarcoat this. The Brewers have to hit in order for them to make playoffs. They just have, they've been really inconsistent with the bats. Um, You got to get some guys hot. That's really all there is to it. They, Yelich isn't 2018, 2019 Yelich anymore. He's so, so because of that, that a guy like that in your lineup changes your lineup. You, you score runs no matter what with a guy like that in your lineup who's hitting 41 home runs with an OPS of over 1,000 for a year. MVP-type stuff. Hall of Fame-type numbers, right? If you can do that over the, a career, you're going into the Hall of Fame. Like, So they don't have that anymore, so you got to get guys hot at times and then just ride that guy out for like a week or two and then go to the next guy. That's how it's got to happen for the Brewers. They just haven't been consistent doing that. You talked about Yelich. Why do you think he's never been able to regain that MVP form? You know, I think a few reasons. I think the balls for one were juiced in 2018 and 2019. So some of those fly balls that he hits to the warning track, those are going out. So, so that's one. Uh, two, I think everyone is starting to understand the data and the analytics and how to pitch, uh, how to get into the lab and throw a hundred miles an hour out of every pen. <clears throat> so like pitching has just gotten better. It's two, three. I think, I think he is, he's like a really great human being, right? So he signs this big deal. He struggles in COVID during COVID uh, because there's no fans that we saw so many players struggle during COVID, no fans in the stands, no adrenaline. And so that just carried over into 2021. And I think he signed that big deal. And then he just put a little extra pressure on himself because he's like, man, I am making the most money and I'm not producing like I used to. And so now I think it's been a confidence thing a little bit. And I think that's what it is. And then he heard his, he hurt his knee as well. 
but um, and then he has had some back issues. So I, I think all that stuff combined, I mean, it's such a finicky game in terms of if you're not feeling 100 percent confident, you're you're an out like you are an out. If you have the slightest bit of doubt, it's too hard. It's, it's major league baseball. I mean, even minor league baseball is too hard if you have the slightest bit of doubt. So I think I, at times, that has probably crept into his his mind a little bit. But we have seen him, you know, you know, it, hit like that in stretches. But we haven't seen it consistently. Uh, at this point, I think you know, just be that table setter type of a guy at this point, and um, try and be a little more consistent. And he'll he'll produce and be valuable for the Brewers. I totally agree. And his contract, even though it is a big contract nowadays for baseball standards, even yeah. though he only signed that a couple of years ago, his twenty five million a year is not that much. If he could even just be close to an all star level player consistently, I think the Brewers are definitely getting value there for him. Last question then for you, Vinny, just to kind of sum it up. Obviously, the goal every year for every team is to win a World Series. But what would define a successful season for the Milwaukee Brewers in 2023? Uh, make the playoffs. I think if the Brewers make the playoffs, I think um, that is a successful season considering the amount of money that the Brewers, that the teams around the league are able to spend on free agents. Take a look at the Texas Rangers. Those They're making smart moves with their money. And the Brewers are just never going to be able to do that. And so I think – and. Uh, and all the other teams around the league are starting to understand how to best utilize the data and analytics. I think that a lot of teams are finally catching up to that. And so now you're seeing more parity in the league. So now the Brewers are just going to have to be continue to be smarter than everybody, find new ways to have competitive advantages. And so if they make the playoffs in this environment with what, everything that I just said, I, I think that that is a, a successful season. And it, once you're in, you just, you really never know. You can make a run at it and win it, win the whole thing. So we'll see if that happens. Vinny Rotino, prep baseball report, Wisconsin scouting director and Bally sports analyst. Vinny, thanks for the time. For sure. Anytime, Dan. Thanks. Great stuff from Vinny. I really liked his perspective on both Wisconsin high school baseball players and the Milwaukee Brewers. Some things that stood out to me first are Dylan Kustad, the right-handed pitcher from Waterford. I like how he said that he's really has the best stuff he's ever seen from a Wisconsin high school baseball player. I totally agree with that. I think Kustad is maybe the best high school pitching prospect we've seen in the last 20-some years, at least from my perspective. So it's going to be interesting to see where Kustad goes in the draft. He's definitely getting top five round interest. Will that be enough for him to sign and go pro out of high school? We will see. We haven't seen a Wisconsin guy get drafted in the top five rounds, like I mentioned, since Tony Butler in 06. So it's definitely kind of a new territory for a Wisconsin pitcher. We've had some guys getting some looks, potentially be in that mix, but they always end up going to college. Will Kustad be the different player and go straight to pro ball? We will see. I think he'd be probably better off going to college first. I always kind of think that route's better unless you're kind of a for sure first round pick, but again, we'll see what happens with that. And Wisconsin in general has a lot of talent coming with J.D. Dix next year, Carter Cutts the following year. Really a lot of guys to get excited about in these next two classes. And I'm excited about the Prep Baseball Report high school all-star game that's going to be coming 
to American Family Field in Milwaukee on September 23rd. I think that's going to be a great event. I really like that they're doing the 2024s versus the 2025s. We'll have to see what players get all selected for that. You would assume J.D. Dix is definitely going to be one of those guys because he is a top player in the 2024 class. Guy who right now, a year out from the 2024 draft, is someone who could be in the mix to be a first-round pick even. So he definitely, I think, will be there. But I think that event is going to be a great thing for baseball fans, baseball players, talent evaluators. I think it's just going to be a fun event overall. And I'm really glad Prep Baseball Report is doing it, and especially doing it in Milwaukee. When it comes to the Brewers, their struggles continue. They continue to fall short and not win games. And it's going to be an interesting next couple months before the trade deadline. What do they do? A lot of guys are hurt. A lot of guys are struggling or banged up. Willie Adamas has not been the same player this year. That definitely hurts his trade value. Would the Brewers even consider trading a guy like a Willie Adamas or Corbin Burns or Brandon Woodruff before the deadline to recoup some assets for what likely will turn out over the next couple of years to be kind of a rebuilding process for this team. Time will tell, but the Brewers are not trending in the right direction. So it's going to be an interesting couple months, and it's going to be an interesting offseason once the season is over. They still have a chance to win the division. The division is really poor, so it wouldn't shock me to see them win the division with 85 wins, but this team isn't winning a World Series. No chance. They don't have the talent. They don't have the hitting especially that's a position, an area they have not addressed in free agency the last couple of years. So this team, I just don't think is built to win a World Series. I think they could get to a postseason appearance, but I don't think it's built for a World Series. So we will see what happens with the Milwaukee Brewers. It's disappointing to see them struggling. It's disappointing after that four-year stretch of them making the postseason when they were just so close to getting to a World Series and fell short against the Dodgers and then... It's kind of been downhill ever since then. So disappointing, but I guess that is baseball. So definitely stay tuned to BaseballProspectJournal.com. I will be in Omaha next week covering the College World Series. So I'm definitely going to have tons of great content on the website from that. I'm looking forward to getting back out to Nebraska to see some of these top college guys. The College World Series is littered with MLB draft talent for 2023 and even beyond specifically looking at 2023 lsu's there wake forest is there florida's there tennessee's there so i'm going to see some of these top guys at the top half of the first round in this year's draft i'm going to see dylan cruz i'm going to see paul skeens chase dolander wyatt langford the list goes on and on of the prospects that are going to be there so it's going to be a fun event fun time definitely stay tuned to baseball prospect journal for a lot of content Follow me on Twitter at DanZelinski3 and at the BP Journal for updates, analysis on different games, players, and draft prospects. So I'm looking forward to getting out to cover the College World Series. I'll definitely have content from there, and I'll also have more draft profiles coming out between now and draft day on July 9th when that gets rolling. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode. I'm Dan Zielinski, founder and national writer at BaseballProspectJournal.com, and we'll talk to you next week.